0: Welcome to the Library Service Safety and Security podcast with Dr. Steve Albrecht. I'm the very same Dr. Steve Albrecht, and this podcast is sponsored by Library 2.0 and produced by the founder of Library 2.0, Steve Hargaden. My topic for this half hour is elected officials and making your case for library security improvements and other facility improvements in general with elected officials. As I consider this topic, some thoughts come to mind about the importance of security incident reports, something I've touched on in many other podcasts and in my blogs for Library 2.0. The value of security incident reports can make your case to elected officials for you because once we capture things, dates, times, incidents, situations, how they were resolved or not, uh, who responded, police, fire, paramedics. Uh, staff was injured or not injured, patrons were injured or not injured, etc., we can make our case based on trends and patterns and things that we're able to explain better to elected officials. So I like the idea of using Security incident reports to build your case for policy changes, security improvements, service improvements, things that you need to do to make the argument that this is not just a, a budget-wasting uh, proposition, but something that will reduce liability or limit the impact of situations that may get us in, uh, involved in litigation, uh, make for a better experience for the patron a safer experience for the patron and i'm also sort of touched by the concern that some people have that once they hear no from an elected official or an appointed official that that's how the solution is things change budget seasons budget cycles change grant funding things come in things that you may know about or not know about bond issues things like that can really change the political landscape for what you're trying to do in your library pretty dramatically And taking no for an answer sometimes just goes back to the idea that we need to be persevering and thinking about making our case on an ongoing basis as we look at the things we want to improve. I've written in some of the last blogs for Library 2.0 about parking lot security. And we talk a little bit about liability in some of these situations where we knew or should have known what was going on in our parking lots. It's the same situation inside our buildings. We knew or should have known something was happening inside our library from a security perspective. And so oftentimes our liability comes around where we ignore things or we rationalize or justify why we didn't make the corrections we need to make. So when we look at some of these things in terms of getting buy-in from the elected officials, you may also want to incorporate in your discussions slash um, uh, persuasive arguments to elected officials and appointed officials the liability concerns that may be raised by your city attorneys, your county councils, your DAs, the people that your town attorneys that, that provide legal services for you. They see some of the things on the horizon that perhaps elected officials have not. We define elected officials or appointed officials as people that are on your library board, we have city managers, we have uh, county board uh, elected officials, uh, city board elected officials, city council members, county representatives, uh, aldermen, whatever they're called in your particular part of the world, Uh, they are appointed, they are elected, they are nominated, they are in a position of power over the budgetary part of your facility, and they have some input perhaps in the policies and procedures that actually operate your facility. So that's who I'm kind of incorporating into our conversation about how we're more persuasive with dealing with these types of folks. The other thing I take from my review of library security and safety issues and incidents and things around the country is the, how we look at best practices from really skilled library people and library staffs and library facilities in terms of doing the best we can to keep patrons and staff safe taking good ideas, borrowing good ideas, stealing good ideas from libraries in your vicinity, around the state, around the country that you see that are doing things that you'd like to incorporate into your facility as well. So I'm always a big believer in in looking at how we take good ideas from other places, not reinvent the wheel, and not create situations where we have to start from zero. We look at solutions and situations that have come up from other places and say what have they done to fix these things. I also look at who are your safety and security and service stakeholders, friends of the library, library board, uh, maintenance facilities, IT, security, if it's a function in your organization, uh, especially contract security managers, things like that may provide some insight and input, Uh, law enforcement, fire department, uh, risk management, if you have a safety officer, people like that are your safety and security stakeholders. So I think there is a, a need to manage your expectations about what can be done, but not ignore the possibilities of, of making some bold suggestions, some bold uh, discussions that you have about making some changes for things that may be bothering you or things that concern you, especially from a liability or safety standpoint, that you want to get, get accomplished this year. We know from looking at how we make changes, especially in business, that we are oftentimes driven by events. If you see things that resonate with you, as have happened at other libraries around the country, draw those into your into your discussions with elected officials, appointed officials to say, here's some examples of things we don't want to happen, or here's some examples of things that have happened that put the library and the city or county uh, at risk in terms, especially for litigation, but also looking at, at best practices and saying here's what these libraries have done nationally when these incidents have occurred, what was their mitigation, what did they do to correct these types of situations? So this could range from everything from security incidents to fires to uh, issues involved children or elderly patrons or people that are at higher risk of being injured or slipping and falling all types of things that may happen at the library from a safety perspective uh, behavioral issues related to a security perspective and what we have seen other libraries do around the country to really mitigate those things the other thing, and you know this to be true, is that people in bureaucracies are driven by a couple of things. One is paper, right? So there's proof with the security incident reports. There's emails, traffic from you. There's there's a history of conversations that you have documented, uh, meetings that you have had, uh, conversations that you have had with elected officials and appointed officials, especially in a more formal way, like at board meetings or at city council meetings, uh, things like that, where you're also bringing up some of the financial impact of not doing the right thing. It could be uh, workers' comp costs. It could be a higher insurance rate costs. It could be things related to employee retention. We're having a hard time keeping employees at this particular library branch because of safety concerns. Or we're having a hard time keeping employees at a particular branch because the facility is really outdated and there's some some hazards that, that the staff feels exist in terms of, you know, the, the air quality or the asbestos or things like that, especially for older buildings. So when you look at your discussion for... Elected officials or with elected officials, sometimes there's just a piece that says not only do we have a duty to take care of the patrons, but a duty to take care of our staff as well. So we have retention issues, hiring issues, morale issues, uh, increased liability for the working conditions that we have created for our staff and the service conditions that we've created for our patrons. We want to keep everybody who comes into our facilities safe. So sometimes we may need to focus not on the the, um, the books side and periodical side of the library in terms of uh, what needs to be protected, but the people side. So facts and not necessarily emotions are gonna help you sell your ideas. Security incident reports, not just anecdotal situations, but things that may um, have come to the attention of a lot of different people, including news media cases in your particular region. Sometimes the news media is uh, helpful in our situations to sell some of our uh, requests for more money or security devices or equipment or procedures or training or whatever it happens to be because they are connected to publicizing things that have happened that have typically have been negative or don't necessarily cast the library in a most positive way. So there is a concept in the media these days as we look around that's sort of called bad optics. And bad optics is where... Uh, a government entity, in this case, the library or the fire station or the police station or city hall or something like that, is cast in a negative light because something happened that we didn 't address when it came to our attention. so we always want to t- remind our supervisors, um, county supervisors, city council members, things like that, elected officials, appointed officials that that you know, we 're being scrutinized constantly way more thoroughly and more dramatically than we have in the old days on Facebook and Reddit and Twitter and and all these things and YouTube that people post about the safety and the efficiency and the efficacy of our facilities. We don't want that to turn into a, a public relations nightmare. So negative media stories about our facility is something we definitely want to avoid, and we can do that by being in front of those things and putting stories out into the the media and into our community newspapers and publications and TV stations about the positive things we're doing, things we're trying to uh, do to protect the library, protect the staff, and protect the patrons, provide a quality environment for them, do it in a cost-effective way, and be seen as being vigilant about these issues. So you may need to make your case for security improvements, security changes, things that improve the quality of the library experience with a variety of stakeholders, and it could be the public, it could be uh, groups that you speak in front of. Uh, as a library leader, um, library boards, friends of the library, local or community civic groups. Um, certainly uh, b- businesses around the library or that are connected to the library have an interest in the, the safety of the library and the, and the service orientation of the library. So really when you look at kind of the end result, what you want is results of a budgetary nature or we get equipment or devices installed and things that, that get put in place that really help create that safer and more secure environment without necessarily having to get the credit. So you know as well as me that people in bureaucracies and elected officials and appointed officials, one of the things that they want is to get reelected or to get reappointed, or in best case scenario for them, elected to a higher position or appointed to another board or of a higher higher standard, a higher merit for them. So these folks, obviously, and we look at the world around us, that in terms of politicians and folks like that, that they have their eye on a higher prize than just where they are now. We want them to be successful in their careers, and one of the ways that they can do that is to get a feather in their caps, their collective caps, for improving the library experience for everybody. So I always think about the, the sense that I don't care who gets the credit for what's done correctly. Uh, I care about the the safety of the library, the the service orientation of the library, and if that comes from the elected officials going on to a news conference or a press conference or a or an online posting about how well they did something, that's great. We want to get the benefit of all those things. So, I think it's important to use the media as a leverage point, but also the caveats there to not not uh, badmouth your elected officials, or your appointed officials, never argue about things in the media, never never put them down in a public forum like that. We want to make sure that it's as positive as possible, but the media can be useful for us in terms of leverage. I have written in the past about how police don't necessarily know what's going on inside the library or your library. Some of them may have a pretty good feel for the issues or the situations that you face, that your staff faces on a regular basis, you face as an employee, but maybe not and sometimes a walk through by your fire officials your law enforcement officials to kind of see what's going on inside the library may open their eyes about some issues they need to address from a safety perspective that's why i like the idea of of a walkthrough by law enforcement every once in a while maybe once a year or walk through by the fire marshal once or twice a year to say okay here's some things we need to look at that they may be able to see right away or some things they may need to assess and get back to us as to what kind of security or, or fire prevention or or uh, life-saving issues may need to get put into place to protect everybody in that same vein How about the idea of facility tours for elected officials, where we bring them through in a walkthrough? We take the the board, we take the uh, elected officials, we take um, um, appointed officials through a walkthrough of the library and point out some of the things that are really going well and point out some of the things that we're really proud of and point out some of the things that may need correction and, and may need an update. And they, again, have their own perspective of looking at the ocean through their little drinking straw and not realize what's going on inside the library. Now they certainly can say, oh yes, we, uh, we're addressing these things and we, uh, we're having a fruitful discussion to the news media, but they may have no idea about what's actually going on inside the library and, and it's not high on their priority list unless they have some sort of connection to you or the, or the facility. So I like the idea of of inviting them in and saying, let's do a walkthrough, let's do a tour, let's point out some things that are really going well that we're doing on behalf of the patrons and the community and some things that could need improvement. I also think it's important, especially if you're a library leader, um, manager, uh, director, assistant director, things like that, is to be as visible as possible, not just for the elected officials, not just for the library board, but in other community events as well. I see lots of examples around the country where library leaders are speaking at, you know, Kiwanis clubs and and Lions clubs and Optimist clubs and things like that. They're going out into the community and speaking in front of various groups, and and really ringing the bell of of library value and service to the community and things that the libraries can provide that some people obviously don't always know which are happening. So this visibility you know attending city council meetings on a regular basis attending county board meetings on a regular basis can go a long way towards connecting you as a library leader to the issues at hand i've talked in in much detail on these podcasts and in my blogs for library 2.0 about the value of assessments looking at your facility from a security perspective looking at your facility from a hazard mitigation a hazard management perspective Looking at your facility from a service perspective, the, the people we hire, the policies we, we use to uh, orient and train our staffs, the things that we're doing on an ongoing basis to keep the facility safe. We talked about audits in, in, future, in, in past discussions, what we look at in the future of keeping the facility safe so that we have checklists either formalized or in our mind. We're doing walkthroughs on a regular basis, daily basis. We're asking our supervisors and employees to pay careful attention to those things that need to be corrected right away. So this kind of goes back to the sense that I have that oftentimes we make decisions based on data. And, you know, I always talk about the the, the doctor you go to runs tests before he or she prescribes medication. If they don't, it's malpractice. So we make we make judgments based on facts and we make judgments based on observations. And we make judgments about what needs to be fixed based on, a, on a past history incident reports that kind of drive us. So I think it's, it's important to make a list of those things which are important to fix or correct or, or add on to or orient in terms of training and things like that. But it's also really important to prioritize. Not everything needs to be fixed right away. We don't put paper clips in the safe because we're not needing to protect those. But we have to prioritize what needs to be protected. Obviously human life first, facilities second, materials third. When we look at, at how we prioritize things, we also may have to prioritize based on what our budget restrictions are, or the realities of our budget season. So sometimes we can get caught up in kind of a kind of a best project kind of an issue which is this is the thing i want the most and but it's not high on the priority list of the elected officials so that's either an argument that you have to make as to why it should be or you need to change your priorities to match what their priorities are there's an old saying in government which is it's easier to say no and stop something than it is to say yes and start something that's not always true with every elected or appointed official, but some of them have that mindset, which is if there's any doubt in their mind about how it looks or how much it costs or how feasible or difficult or achievable it is, they don't like failure. So they, it's easier sometimes for them to say no and sort of, as they say, kick the can down the road to look at it next budget year, next tax season, whatever it happens to be. I think it's important especially for library leaders, to make it easy for elected officials, appointed officials, to say yes to things. That we don't give them a list of 25 things that need to be fixed or addressed. We don't give them a list of 25 things that are expensive and and hard to uh, make happen because they're capital improvements and it requires uh, an expenditure in the budget that's pretty substantial. Why don't we pick three things that are important for us to do but are small? And that we get some early victories and we get them around the idea, moving around the idea of, of momentum towards future projects down the road. But let's pick those three things which are most important to us right now, but not necessarily, you know, 25 or not necessarily th- those most expensive things. Make it easy for them to say yes. Choose three options, maybe the least expensive one, the middle expensive, middle kind of mid-range expensive, and then the most expensive one and make your arguments as to why each of these three could work and, and why well, it's not necessarily the most expensive one, but, but give them some options. I think we prearrange some demonstrations of, of equipment or software or things that we have seen online, videos, things like that, YouTube videos that we may be able to send them and say, here's these particular uh, objects, these devices, this equipment in use in other libraries or in other city government or county government uh, facilities we make it easy to demonstrate and showcase some of the things that have happened in one of our branches that we want to put into another branch. So we're really being successful with a certain collection of camera systems or something like that in our main branch. And we want to expand that to the other branches and here's what it looks like. So we pick, we pick really rock solid vendors, rock solid installers, people that know security equipment, security devices and things like that. We have the good reputation. They're not they're not a fly by night company. They stand behind their products and their installations and their service. And we use that as as a leverage point for expanding what we're trying to do for other branches as well. We look at especially for elected officials in the in the budget piece, we look at ways to save money by doing things ourselves. You may have really skilled people in maintenance, facilities, public works that can do some of the things with um, um, an eye towards saving a lot of installation monies. Uh, They may be able to get or or procure security equipment they already have that was used in another facility that they have waiting to be put into the library, things like that, where we can be smart and cost-effective as well. We don't necessarily need to go out for installation if we have the talent on hand in our own facilities. And then sometimes you may be able to get some support and backing from your law enforcement agencies in town, PD or sheriff. You may be able to get some backing from the fire marshal, the fire chief uh, in your community. You may be able to get backing from facilities, maintenance, IT, uh, risk management, who can also go to bat when you're not there and they have the ear of the elected officials, the appointed officials to say, hey, I agree with what's needed over at the library and here's why. And they may be able to make your case for you as well if we go back to the idea that sometimes it's easy for appointed or elected officials to say no to something and stop a process or not not actually initiate or start a process or start an improvement as opposed to saying yes and starting starting a whole process of, of installation and buying equipment and things like that I think it's important to look at things that could be solved with policy changes maybe they can make a stroke of a pen At their desk, and we're talking about a county board of supervisors or city council members, things like that, they can meet and it's an agenda item where they say, at the stroke of a pen, we can change our code of conduct, we can change certain policies, maybe they're HR related for employees, how we hire people, train orient them, maybe they're patron conduct policies. Sometimes you may start with just things that can be corrected through a stroke of a pen that has to do with policies as opposed to having to make a capital improvements purchase and and a big budget fix. Sometimes the things we're trying to do can be corrected by employee vigilance employee training or changing policy as opposed to putting in new security equipment so think about what those things are and look at maybe policy changes first training awareness reminders signage it could be very cheap something we could do especially during the covid crisis we've seen a lot of um, creative signage for the masks and the and personal protective equipment and hygiene and distancing and things like that then we look at equipment maybe third and then we look at the most expensive which is a capital improvement where we're knocking over walls or running wire or drilling holes and things where it's more expensive so look at your options for the priorities and say can I start with the things that they can approve easily and then get more into the difficult ones as we go forward and, and show success and I think we have to have some public gratitude for our elected officials and appointed officials imagine how many directions they are pulled by all types of different constituencies The library is a constituent for them, but it's also Parks and Rec. It's also uh, the community development and new business. It's the city clerk's office. It's the county clerk's office. It's it's uh, it's a public health department. There's lots of people that are pulling at these elected officials, especially going after and, and making their case and pleading to the city managers, the county CAOs or CEOs, whatever you call them in your particular uh, location, where there's lots of people that have their ear. And your priorities are not necessarily their priorities. We've got to be polite. We've got to be assertive. We have to back our discussion as to what we want with evidence, especially the value of security incident reports. Have some other stakeholders make our case for us as well, and then wait and see what happens it's a it's a long game, it's a patience thing where we're trying to get improvements made not necessarily for things that are urgent and, and and mission critical or life threatening those things have to get those things have to get fixed and repaired immediately from especially from a liability standpoint and a safety standpoint but there're lots of other things that are just on the long game list that you want to get done within the next couple of years and you have to have patience for that process while you work with those elected officials and then you think okay I'm making my case with these elected or appointed officials guess what happens in election season they're out new group of people come back in you have to be ready to make your case one more time. I've seen this many times where where a council or a board will be maybe you know, unanimous on library fixes and library improvements, and then the, then the election season comes in and there are new people coming in and they go, whoa, whoa, I need to be educated on this, or it's not a priority for me, we need to move this off the our calendar downstream. So you may have to make the same discussion, the same persuasive arguments to those new elected or appointed officials just about all over again as you did from the previous group because there's no institutional memory anymore either with current elected officials appointed officials or new ones part of my educational process for them i think would maybe involve things that they don't necessarily know exist here's a whole library grant funding program that we can start with Uh, here's a whole bond issue related to libraries that we can get busy with here's a whole fundraising um, set of activities inside our community where we partner with different community groups that help the library there's some budget creativity that we can come up with in terms of staffing and hiring or delaying staffing and hiring as as necessary um, to reprioritize our our budget dollars for the things that we want to spend them on so I, i know that some elected officials have a lot of wisdom and experience and background in working with budgets and and the accounting process necessary to come up with a solid budget plans others not so much so if that is one of your fortes as a library leader that you're that you're up to speed on the budget process and lot of the ins and outs of the of the dynamics of how different departments compete for budget dollars then you may have to have an educational process with those elected or appointed officials especially for those things where you can be creative and think outside the box for those types of funding fundraising community community efforts partnerships that you can come up with where it's easier for them again to say yes to things that you want them to do Maybe at this point it helps kind of to define the difference between a appointed or elected official as opposed to a bureaucrat. And I say these with peace and love in my heart. I'm not using these as denigrating labels, but bureaucratic people, they have their job for a very long time. Their function is to keep their job and protect their position. They want to serve in that career function until they retire, oftentimes so often th- things that we do that embarrass them or put their job at risk or suggest that they're not doing their job is av- very much counter- counterproductive. <clears throat> we try to stay away from those types of situations where we pin them into a corner, where we embarrass them, especially in front of other leaders, other executives, other um, department members, especially members of the media. So we want to make it easier for people in bureaucratic positions not to have to put their job at risk to go forward and go to bat for you to to advocate on your behalf. They want to be able to do that safely and successfully. So oftentimes they will make decisions in groups via committee. Uh, they may delay things or delegate things to other people before they make the final decision as to what to do. So have some patience for that process and realize that they're trying to protect their career. Then we look at appointed or elected officials. They may have a completely different maybe similar but a completely different mindset as to what they want to do with their career as an elected or appointed official in my experience with elected or appointed officials and I know a lot at the local and state and federal level they enjoy their jobs but oftentimes they have their eyes on another prize so you look at people that are on the school board or the water board or the sanitation board or the parks board or the friends of trees or even the Friends of Libraries, it's not a, a voluntary position they're doing out of the goodness of their heart, but sometimes they have their eyes on another prize, which is they want to get appointed to a higher authority. They want to go to a different board or they want to run run for office or run for a higher office. How many people have you seen that that were governors or senators or congresspeople that started off in some low-level political situation and just kept working through it year after year until they got reelected and elected and re-elected into newer positions? So... They want to keep their positions they don't want to embarrass themselves in public they don't want to be perceived as not being up to speed about things so if you can give them fact sheets if you can give them cheat sheets about certain information so they can speak knowledgeably about the library system on your behalf and especially in a public context and especially in front of the media or in meetings and things like that so much the better if they can get the credit for your great ideas that's fine too i think it's important to look at the difference between bureaucrats and and appointed and elected officials. They both have similar agendas, but their, their management style, their leadership style tends to be pretty different. The most successful library leaders I have seen when it comes to interacting with appointed or elected officials or bureaucrats, trying to get the things that they want on their library improvement agenda, safety perspective, security perspective, service perspective improvement is really to to see these other professionals as people that need our respect and our support. Uh, I've seen situations where where people have argued, especially in public, created enemies, created situations where where it seems like we're not all going in the same direction or we're, we're not thinking about the benefits to the facility, to the libraries and to the city or county altogether. And that stuff, as you can think about in looking at your own history, some people have really long memories for that type of stuff, and they get slighted, they get embarrassed, they get angry, and they will go out of their way not to be cooperative, not to be supportive of things going in the future. So I think we don't have to be subservient in the library business, but we have to recognize that, that everybody's got their own agendas, everybody has their own issues, sagas, and, and demons that they're carrying around, and that their goals and objectives are not necessarily ours, so that we're supportive, we don't embarrass them, especially in public. We let them make um, group decisions, committee decisions that are based on as much facts and figures and data as we can give them, and that, that we are patient in our process moving forward to get the kind of things we want for our library uh, and just keep chipping away at, at the issues and the, and the concerns, getting help from our safety and security stakeholders, our, our, our legal team, the county um, administrators, county um, uh, attorneys, district attorneys, city city attorneys, those types of things that can point out some of the maybe not so obvious litigation concerns that we have. those are the things that can make our case for us. So it's based on paperwork, documentation, facts, incidents that have been well captured in our, in our security incident reports, help and support from our stakeholders that can make our case even when we're not there, and some patience during that process. So when I think about the elected officials that you have to deal with, could be a wide variety. Some of these people could be friends of yours. Some of these folks could be people that are merely on kind of a, a, a journey through your community onto higher office. And you have to be skilled as you manage your relationships, your friendships, your goals, your priorities with each of them. So thanks for uh, your time and attention today. My thanks to the producer of the Library Service Safety and Security Podcast, Steve Hargaden. For more information, visit the Library 2.0 website at library20.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Albrecht. Thanks for listening to the Library Service Safety and Security Podcast.